Welcome to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast, your source for helping you dominate and insulate your growing practice through two pillars of success, systems and marketing. And now here's your host, Dr. Peter Bolden. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight on the podcast, I have Darren Shaw, the founder of WhiteSpark. It's a software company focused on just local SEO. Darren is a frequent lecturer and, and really an authority in the local SEO space. Darren and I have a history of working together back in the day, and I actually kind of sought you out because you were such the authority, and I was looking for a little local SEO help. How did I do on that, uh, having that intro there, pal? That sounded great. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, so Darren, really, I want to, uh, if I can, keep, get you on, get you to elaborate on really what local SEO is for some of the listeners versus like regular SEO. Sure. Yeah. So local SEO. If you type in a localized search term like dentists Atlanta, you're going to get what's called the local pack. You'll see a pack of three businesses there with a map above it. And then if you click more listings, you can go in there and you can see more results. So when we talk about local search, we're really talking about ranking in that local pack. But there is a certain other element to it, of course. If you type in Dentist Atlanta or Dentist Seattle, wherever you are, you're also going to see local results in the organic results below. And so that'll be a mixture of you know, just dental stuff that's kind of national or global, but then you'll also see Google doing a good job of mixing in, you know, local dentists or lawyers or whatever the search term was. So anything that has local intent, uh, it's how Google displays those results and it's local SEO is trying to make sure that you are appearing in those results. It's not, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. Is that right? I mean, meaning that you don't, you don't design your your campaign. Let's say I, me as a dentist, I wouldn't design my campaign for okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do search engine optimization for just all of the internet, and then I'm gonna do search engine optimization for just the local SEO. Or or would you? Uh, correct. They are not mutually exclusive. It's really exclusive if your business has no local intent. Let's say you're an e-commerce provider selling flashlights to the entire world. Then you don't really have any local intent with your business, but any business that is certainly brick and mortar, it's, it's got a, a physical location in a city, then local intent is really important. And the two algorithms are very interjoined these days. So organic results and local pack results are very tied together. The same signals go into both. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm seeing a trend more and more. I mean, you can, you can see as, as kind of the, the search query query when it comes out, meaning that the, the, it's changed over time and there's becoming more and more dominance towards the local result, obviously, because Google is trying to serve up, you know, something applicable to where you live. Right. Mm. Yeah, and Google's also getting extremely good at identifying your location. So there was a time when you type in dentists and you would just see the Wikipedia page and a whole bunch of you know gener generic pages. Now you type in dentists and Google knows where you're located and it shows you dentists in the, in the area, right? So you really see how Google has gotten much better at localizing, identifying your location, especially on mobile. And mobile is now 50 plus percentage of all searches, but even on desktop. And so I've been doing some research around that. And even on desktop, Google is just pretty spot on with knowing where uh, you're located. I've seen that as well. And actually, I was talking on, a, on another previous podcast of how I was looking at my own analytics and there was even just as a couple of years ago, probably when you and I were working together, you know, 30% of my traffic was maybe mobile, you know, maybe yeah. mobile device. And I think in, uh, you know, about six months ago, it eclipsed the 50% mark. And it just kind of blew me away when I was looking at it like, wow, 50% of the traffic. 
But I'm yet we were talking not even higher in the dental space. I would really think you know, that was yeah, honestly that was six months ago, and I bet the trajectory is still is still up. I need to I need to go back in and look at that mm-hmm. metric. But uh, it is crazy. Another thing we were discussing is that like a lot of sites are designed, you know, just dental sites. I'm sorry, websites are just designed from the desktop look, right? And then the the mobile aspect is almost like an afterthought in a right. lot of sites. Yeah. And it, and I was convincing people to say, hey, let's reverse that methodology and, and really kind of it should be designed mobile first because it's only going to continue to go in that direction. Absolutely mobile first. And Google has been mobile first for over a year, probably two years now. They do everything mobile first. And the desktop is the afterthought. And so it's interesting that way. And so you know that Google's going that way. If you care about driving business through Google, then you really need to go that way too. And a responsive website is really a must today. If your website right now is not responsive, then it should be the first order of business. You got to do that right away. And the responsive just means what? An HTML5 site, right? Well, what it means is, so there's two ways to go mobile. You can either have your desktop site and then you would have a different site that's mobile. And then when someone comes to your website, they detect what it is, what device you're using and send you to one version or the other. So that's just called a mobile specific site. Responsive is just one website. So you've only got the one website, the one piece, the one, you know, each page is just one page of content, but it transforms depending on the device you're looking at. So it it responds to the screen size. And so I think your website, Peter, yeah, is, it's responsive. is responsive and the WhiteSpark website is responsive. It's just like if you take any website and then you resize your browser window, you can see if it's responsive or not by the, the way it reacts. And the nice thing about responsive is you've got one URL for everything and all of your content is there. And that's what's really important. There was this, there's been a lot of talk recently about Google switching to its mobile index. So Google has switched to making the index of mobile sites, the primary index. And so if you're responsive, you're already covered because you just have one set of pages. You don't have two set of pages, right? But if you're not, then you could be in the penalty box. Well, if you're not, then, you know, you could be yeah, in the like supplementary index or something. It's like, you know, here are all the sites that are good. And then, you know, page four or whatever. These are some other sites. You don't want to be in the other sites, really. That's good. That's good to know. That's good to know. What uh, I want to I want to jump back on the on the the local make just to make sure everyone understands. So it does do reviews comprise local and citations and I'll have you elaborate kind of what a citation is like what are the things that that would build up that silo of let's say we had two silos one is just regular SEO and one silo for local SEO like what are the things that you can that you focus on for just your local map presence or your local SEO presence Yeah great so Let's start with the the sort of basic SEO silo. There's a lot more to it, but fundamentally it comes down to two primary things, the content on your website and links. So what are you saying about yourself? How, how in depth are you going to do, you, do you, are you really relevant for the term? So Google can determine that from your content and how many people are linking to you? How many people link to your content or link to your website and say, you know, those are all kind of like each link is a vote saying this is a good site. So that's organic SEO. Local SEO is that very important. Those two signals are extremely important in local, but you also have three new factors and in the other. So it's reviews, citations, which is basically just a listing of your business out there on the web. So that would be on like Yellow Pages, Yelp, Facebook, you know, et cetera, and your Google My Business listing. So it's like 
take the, the traditional regular SEO factors, content and links and all the stuff that's in, in all of that, and then add on to it reviews, business listings, and your Google listing. Wow. Okay. And it does not comprise it. And, and social is a whole nother silo, right? Social is kind of like, it's a weak signal on whether you're talking about organic or local, but social... Social is more like, it's like an amplifier and it's often a temporary amplifier. So let's say you have content, you push it to social and Google can see that there's a lot of buzz around that content. Then social can certainly amplify that. Social is a great traffic driver too. So if you are producing great content, making sure you have a good social strategy is really important just to get eyeballs on that, that content, right? But it's a pretty minor SEO factor. Uh, and I think most, most SEO people would agree. Okay. So, so you mentioned the citations and kind of the link building on, on that, like that, is that kind of the currency almost for the local SEO and can you kind of describe what, what that is? Yeah. So I wouldn't go so far as to call it the currency of local SEO because okay. the other factors are also extremely important. It's like maybe 20% of what's important in SEO, the content, the links, the reviews, the Google listing and citations, you know, they, if, if they if it was a pie chart, Citations would be about 20% of the pie. And what those are, are mentions of your business out on the web. And so I already mentioned, you know, yellow pages, et cetera, but they could be anywhere. They could be mentions on a local blog, or let's say you get listed in the local newspaper because you're doing like a Halloween buyback program or something like that. You know, that kind of stuff really helps you get media mentions and people will mention your name, address, and phone number. Your name, address, and phone number is a mention of your business. And so a citation can help with or without that link back to your website. It's just that your business got mentioned somewhere and it's particularly helpful if it got mentioned in a locally relevant website. So that's what citations are. Like and, a local uh, direct like a local directory or like Yext. I know I know that you've had you know I know there's kind of a rub with Yext because I know you probably don't agree with it too much, but some some of the listeners might kind of be familiar with Yex when when they're looking to amplify, you know, the local SEO. And I'm not a fan of it either because I I actually had to cancel it. But but Yex actually what 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 it does, right, Darren, is it allows you to kind of fill in the information once, and then it just kind of syndicates it all across the web for you. Yeah. So well. I wouldn't call it all across the web. They have a network of about uh, 60 data providers, the people that they give data to. About nine of those are mobile apps or GPS systems or 11 or something like that. And then the rest, there's about 50 sites that are traditional business listing sites. And out of that list, I would say maybe 20 of them are important and the rest of them are just these like you never heard of websites, it's right? Filler. Yeah. Yeah. And so the value in Yex's question, well, it misses a lot of important sites. So if that's your entire citation strategy, it's it's got a lot of holes in it. Another thing and with if you Yex, ever cancel, like I know that's what I noticed when I was a, you know, I had to kind of go back and fix all the stuff that once you cancel, they just, they, everything goes away. Did you see the post that we published today? Are you just saying that like, no, I didn't No, It's amazing. Cause just this morning we published a post. What happens when you cancel Yext? And uh, we did a detailed case study of that for a chiropractor. So a chiropractor had all his listings up with the X and we knew, you know, we were working with him. And so he's like, Oh, I don't need this Yext anymore. So we canceled it and we saw what happened. And what, what happened was 15% of his listings completely disappeared or no 15 of his listings completely disappeared. 21 of his listings reverted back to their incorrect state. So what happened was, you know, Yext had updated the name, address, and phone number on the listings. But then once he canceled, the listings all reverted back. And about 20 of those listings 
they got unsynced from Yext, but they still stayed correct. And so the question is, we don't know if those listings were just correct before you sign up for Yext anyways, right? So there, what you're saying is exactly what we saw in our research, and that is that when you cancel Yext, you basically lose most of your, your listings. And there might be a few that stick around, but generally they just revert or or disappear. So, as, a, as a result, you're being held hostage, like right? You're kind of renting your listings. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Like, there's, some, there's something wrong with that. You know, that, that needs to be disclosed on the front end. What is I? You know, you see the acronym NAP. Obviously, that's the name, address, and phone number. What sometimes I see NAPS. What is that? Is that just the plural of it? NAPS. Yeah, maybe it's the plural of it. But the the one that I usually see is NAPW. NAPW with the website. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, because the, the website is also a really key business piece of your business data, right? So, NAPW is an acronym I see, which is so awesome. A citation, important. though, Darren, can exist anywhere, really. It doesn't have to be just on like a directory or a, or a local listing page. It can actually be in an article, right? Like the bottom of an article, or it's anywhere yeah. that. You, okay, that's Lost comment. Right. But you know. what about like in a? What about people when they post YouTube videos and such? Should they sure, put them yeah. there? Yeah, those are citations. You're getting a little spammy when you start. Doing exactly. that and the value is questionable once you start trying to stick your name, address, phone number everywhere you can think of on the web. But yeah, that's that's a citation. You know, I've heard people say that it works. If you're going to post a video and the video is about your business, you might as well get the nap into the description, right? Right. That, you know, I've done I've done that. And, you know, now when now that you call it spammy, though, I'm going to stop because I don't like that. I don't like that term. <laughs> it's all right. Like, I think if you already have if you're producing videos and I know that you produce a lot, you might as well maximize any possible benefit you could get from it. And so you should definitely keep your, put your name, address, phone number in there. But if you're going, if you're like, oh, I want to get a thousand citations on YouTube. So then you just create a whole bunch of fake videos and stick them up there with your name, address, phone number. That's a different story. Let's talk about the re reviews. Cause you mentioned that's a big silo, a big component of the silo of, of local <laughs> SEO. And I know it's for dentists, like, you know, as, as a, as a practicing dentist, I can tell you it's pretty hard because we, you know, we have a lot to do during the day, much less be like, hey, would you mind getting me a review? You know, and then you have to hope that that review actually gets posted through the filters and such. So sometimes it's just like this, this treadmill I feel like we are on personally. I know a lot of other dentists feel the same way. Yeah, I know that you guys have actually gone so far as to help help kind of the community out as a whole. And you have a you know, review handout generator. We got and a I'll couple that, things around reviews, that. actually. Yeah, we, we just launched something new. It's called a, it's a Google review link generator. Let's say you want to send a person a link to your Google listing to leave you a review. The, it's like, where is that link? What do you link uh -huh. them to, right? Because there is no like official... It used to be on Google+, and so you could just link them to your Google+, Plus page, but now it's not anymore. So we built this tool. Uh, it's a Google review link generator where you just put in your business, it finds it, and then it generates a short link. So a, a go. GL short link. It's a Google short link that will take you directly to the writing a review thing. It works on mobile or desktop. And it also, because we use the Google URL shortener, you can go to the Google URL and see stats on how many people clicked it and, and where they were clicking from. So it's interesting and it's, it's totally free and totally useful. So if you're going to email someone, hey, we'd really appreciate a review on Google, you can just go to our website, generate that link, and then that's the link you'll give them. There used to be some speculation, Darren. You can tell me if this was just a myth or not, but like sending links. So from an email that someone told me once that Google tracks and knows that you sent the email with the link and that you're asking for the review because that was the previous site that they came from and therefore it's going to invalidate your review. I mean, is it that sophisticated? 
Uh, it's a little tinfoil hat thinking, I think, on that. What I've found, <laughs> it's been insane, actually. I think Yelp might be a little bit more stringent on that ex that particular example, but holy, you can you can blast as many reviews from whatever you want to Google, and Google's going to take them because Google wants the data. And so I, I've seen cases where uh, we were working with a different chiropractor, and he had set up an iPad in his office, and he would get people to do it right there on the that iPad using his Wi-Fi. And he had racked up like a hundred reviews or something. And that's how we did it every single time. And none of them got taken down. None of them got filtered. And that, this has been over the course of years, right? So I feel like Google, they, they had like a one little burst where they were pretty serious about filtering reviews. And then they decided to not filter any. Because it's probably just too much support headaches. Because people are like, hey, I lost my reviews. And they're like, okay, well, let's just stop filtering reviews. So I, I think you're pretty safe on Google from that that perspective. Now, but you mentioned Yelp, on the other hand, like, holy cow. Like, ah, Yelp is a whole nother ball game. So uh, man, with Yelp, is, do is. not ever ask people, please leave me a review on Yelp and give them a link to your listing. If you do that, what will happen is they will click the link They'll go to Yelp. They'll be like, I what is this? I don't really use this. Like the average person, right? And then they'll, they'll create an account. They'll create a brand new account. They'll leave you a review. And then that review will instantly get filtered. And the reason is because that is an account that has absolutely no activity other than that one review it gave you. Yelp knows that that review is likely solicited if it was just like, that's the only time a person ever used Yelp. So... You only want to ask for Yelp reviews from people that are active Yelpers. And that would, yeah. there is a way to find them, which is kind of nice. Yelp gives you this little thing. If you have a Yelp account, you can go, oh, find your friends on Yelp. And you can find them by their email address. So a smart idea before you ask someone for a Yelp review, just plug their email address in there and see if they're active on Yelp. If they're not, then don't ask them. Ask them for a review on Google or Yellow Pages or, uh, you know, Dr. Ogle or something like that. Just you don't want to push people to Yelp unless they're active Yelpers because you're guaranteed that that Yelp review will get filtered. Yep. That is excellent advice, honestly. I didn't know that you could have a find find your friend because... Check it out. You'd be surprised. Be, oh, thanks, Yelp. Wow. Also connected to your Facebook, right? So let's say, let's say you're a dentist. I guarantee you do all the dentistry work for your friends, your family, your nieces, your, you know, your nephews. A lot of those people are on Facebook and you might be friends with them on Facebook, you can connect your Yelp account to Facebook and then it'll show you all your Facebook friends that are active Yelpers. Then you already have your list. And of course, if you ask your nephew for a review, he'll probably give you one. And so that's a smart way to do it too. Man, yes. That is, that's a great, that's a great tip, honestly, because like I have blown so many, what am I trying to say? So many opportunities or so many people's time by them going and doing a Yelp review and be like, I want to, I want to do one, right? I, you know, meaning I haven't like said, Hey, go do a Yelp review, but meaning I, it, in hindsight, I've wasted their time because I should have known like, Hey, if you don't have an account, don't even wait. If you don't have an account with some history and some credibility behind it, don't even waste your time because it's yeah. just going to be filtered. So yeah. like, I wonder how much, yeah, I'm thinking about like, how to sh I wish I had just steered them towards a different, different venue to do that review. For sure. You know, I just want to talk about the bigger picture of reviews. So I think reviews are really huge for local SEO is one thing. So they definitely do impact your, your rankings. But more than that, they have a massive impact on your business. It's just the, the fact that you generate these reviews and people that are looking for a new dentist can 
you know, they're going to research. That's what people do. They're going to look online. They're going to read the reviews. They are such a huge selling point for you that if you currently do not have a review strategy, you're not asking your happy clients for reviews or patients for reviews, you're really missing the boat and you got to get started on that now because don't, don't even think about it from an SEO perspective. Think about it from a driving more Business. new patients from the web perspective because nothing can do that like reviews. We had a moving company. We started working with them. When we started, they had, I think, five reviews online. And he told me they were getting about 20 leads per month from the web. After implementing a strong review strategy, he asked all the right people. He built up his Yelp with by using the Find Friends thing. He built up his Google reviews. He asked every single client now for a review. He now has something like 40 plus reviews on Google, 12 on Yelp. And he told me that that was really the primary thing we did with him. We just really helped him get a review strategy. He told me that his leads from the web have gone from 20 per month to 120 per month. And not only that, the leads are so qualified now. He's like, anyone that like contacts me, he used to have to fight to get that job. He'd be like, he'd have to prove his worth and, and like, you know, send a list of referrals of happy customers and stuff. Now they're just like all ready to sign up with him because his reviews are so glowing because they do an awesome job, right? So the reviews can really revolutionize a business and I, I think it's it's keys. So even from, an, you know, forget SEO, just do it because they will help your business drastically. Real business stuff. Yep, I like it. I like it. Do you see reviews evolving? Darren, I was, I was having this discussion with someone the other day and I said, you know, I, I see videos because cause video, uh, cause regular reviews can be manipulated, right? A little bit, meaning it can be, it's just it's just words behind someone's identity, and and that may may or may not be a true identity. Do you see that going to being like video review site and stuff like that? Since everyone's holding a mobile camcorder in their pocket, i.e., a smartphone, right? Like, do you see that going into in that direction where it's like just a video? Review? Then you know it's not spam kind of thing. Yeah, right. I, I think not anytime like soon, like not, maybe not this year, but that's the way it's going to go for sure. And the reason is, is that you're going to end up in the situation right now, if you type in electricians in your city, you're going to get a list of results and there'll be even like a handful of people that are doing the reviews. They, they're all, they're all working on getting reviews. And then the rest of them, there's, they're not even playing the game at all. Eventually we're going to get to this point where everybody has five five stars everyone has glowing reviews and then you as a as a consumer it's completely unhelpful you're looking at that and you're like well the reviews are not helping me because everybody looks amazing according to the review everyone's been diluted yeah exactly yeah. and when this when it's so diluted like that greg sterling wrote a great article on that then, then what is next and i think that you've really touched on it with the video reviews like you know maybe after we get off this call i'm going to draft up my plans for the video review platform it's a really smart idea like i feel like that is next level that's where it has to go I figured it'd be the, just a logical evolution behind it for, you know, because it can debunk a lot of fake reviews. I know that was a huge thing for a while that, yeah. you know, Google launched that algorithm a long time ago. I don't know, man, that was several years ago and, and it wiped out a lot of people's reviews, right? Um, yeah. And you know, another thing that's going to happen is one day Google will flip the switch where video reviews are a thing. It's just like you could leave a video review right in your Google listing. And when they do that, then it'll open, open up the game. Uh, I guess Yelp too, right? Like I'm surprised they haven't done that yet. That's what I'm saying. Right. And it's not like everyone doesn't have like it's not like we have, you know, everyone has to go home to a webcam. I mean, they're holding it in 
you know, everyone's holding a, a, a mobile, a mobile exactly. phone all day long. If you can just um, do that right through the web, then exactly right through their portal or their app or whatever it may be. For sure. Um, that is good. Awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad I gave you some idea, buddy. Just remember, you heard Thanks. It I'll first. give you a kickback when I, when Thank I make you. a million off that one. <laughs> good. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm recording this so I can document it with a timestamp and all that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome. Okay. So can you give the listeners like, you know, sometimes this, sometimes SEO and talking about all this stuff can be real high level. And I know sometimes people's eyes can cross, you know, it just goes, you know, if you don't do, if you're not doing this in the trenches, kind of doing your own mm-hmm. marketing, like you really don't know what we're talking about right now. So right. can you give some listeners something that they could do tomorrow to gain awareness to their situation regarding their local presence for their practice? Sure. Yeah. I'm going to give a number of tips. In terms of the easiest to, you know, requires a bit more effort. Number one, make sure that your receptionists are asking every single customer for a review. Every patient that comes in, they they need to be asked for a review with a link to the Google listing. Go to, go to the WhiteSpark website, find our review link generator tool, and just generate that link. And that goes in. And like a follow-up email to every single patient. Start doing that. That could that could be alone. The only thing that you need to do to revolutionize your business. So at least start doing that. That's easy, easy peasy. The next thing would be build out some citations because a lot of businesses haven't been really done a good job of building out all their listings. You want to be listed on around the top 50 sites plus a few industry-specific sites, uh, you know, dental-specific sites or health-specific sites. So you can build those out uh, yourself. You could. Certainly go to our website. We have a list of the top 50 citation sites. You could you could go and submit your business to all of those. We also have a citation building service where you can do them for pretty cheap. It's just $4 per listing we create. So for a few hundred dollars, you could have us do all of the work. And that's, that's just a real baseline thing that you should probably get done. Make sure your business listing is claimed on Google. You actually can't send someone a link to it until you claim it. So that's that's pretty key you go to- which is crazy how many people don't know to do that by the way <laughs> it's so, crazy. That, that's a great piece of advice if you haven't claimed your listing literally gotten and I, how does that happen darren how do they validate that it's actually yours can you go over that process? oh yeah sure so if you go to uh just google google my business and you'll, you'll come to the page and then you go slash ad you'll type in the name of your business google will automatically find it and it'll be like do you want to claim this business you say yes so if that business has like a long history and a lot of trust in it, then Google will give you the phone verification option right off the bat. So the phone verification option works like this. Google says, okay, we're calling your business now. Answer the phone and you'll answer to be like, hi, this is Google calling. Your pin code is 3459. Then on the website, you type in 3459 and boom, your listing is claimed. It's now in your Google your- account, which you can you can now add more categories, add pictures, add a description, et cetera, et cetera, right? The other option is if Google doesn't have a lot of trust in that business already, then they'll send you a postcard to the address. And so you get this postcard in the mail, which has your PIN number on it and a, and a website URL to go to. Then you go to the website, you type in the PIN, and now it's claimed and it's in your account. So Google wants to verify that you're the owner of the business and they do it through either the postcard or the phone verification. Yeah, that's the lowest hanging fruit on this on this call for sure. If you for haven't sure. done that, make sure you know, just verify because sometimes people think like, oh, my front desk did that or my office manager's done it, but you'd be surprised. You know, when I go through sometimes and I see all these, 
you know, I'm looking at different things and it says, Hey, claim this listing, meaning that if it's available for me to click on it and it's not my business, then obviously yeah. that business owner has not clicked it yet. And that's a so, great way to find out. Just Google your business name and then see if it says, do you own this business? Claim this business. If it says that, then you know, it's not done. So that's something you should definitely get done. Um, and then I, I, cu- say, I cut you off. I, yeah. You keep going, keep going with some other, yeah, no, I think the other thing is, um, a lot of people really mess up the content on their website. You want to be relevant for the term and the more content you put on your website, the more authority and relevance you're going to get. You got to feed Google some information. You can't just have a one page website that says, you know, Dr. Peter Bolden and you got four bullet points about the types of dental practices you do. Good. That is not going to make you an authority on the topic in your particular city. So really building out your content is a huge, huge difference maker and you'll see a lot of times the dentists that are doing really well are the ones that have the most amount of content they really they they, they break out each service into its own individual page and then they go into excruciating detail about how they perform the services and, and the different things to consider if you're coming in for that, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they really break it down. Like you could have a page on crowns that is 30 words or 30,000 words. And you can, you, you find these pages and then, and they are just way out of control. Obviously most businesses are going to find some middle ground there. You know, if they want to keep their content in like the thousand words, they're going to just run out of things to say. Right. But make sure you're building out your content as, as much as you can. That is, a, that's a huge difference maker. Is it just quantity though? There, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, and I think there's probably a, you know, there's probably a point of diminishing returns. Is that, is that right or no? I mean, the more content, the more, yeah. the more content creation on that specific topic, the better? It's a quantity is a pretty big factor. As long as you're actually saying something, not just repeating yourself over and over. Google's pretty good at content analysis. They can actually understand the quality of the content as well. So you don't want to just try to pad the content. I don't know. In the past, we've worked with content producers, like where you hire somebody to write an article for you and then you give them a word limit. If if I said 2000 words, I would actually only get 400 words, but they would have just repeated themselves so many times and added a bunch of fluff and a bunch of garbage that the article is just almost unreadable. Google is very good at identifying that kind of crap. So you don't want to fight for a particular word limit if you don't have anything to say. But if you can find more stuff to say, if you can break it down into the subtasks and the sub details and really go into detail, then then that, that's what you're trying to do. So that's one step, but I've done that in the past, Derek, where I, I mean, Darren, what I felt was um, a, a lot of detail and it, I didn't become, you know, the one, two or three spot in the, in the, in the local search. Like, so is there a next step once you've spent all this time kind of generating this content and content being king and kind of has been, that was, that was kind of a cliche many years ago in SEO and it's still, it's still no, very applicable yeah. today. Right. Well, there is the next step. And the next step is, okay, you wrote this great piece of content, and but Google is wondering, does anyone care? Does anyone care about that content? And there's a few ways to make people care about it. That is, that's where social can come in. That's content amplification. And of course, links. If you write something that's really good, then you might be able to get links from it. And that's where... It, this is where we get into a lot more extra work. So you've got to do uh, prospecting. You've got to find people that might be interested in that content that are already linking to similar content. And then you would send them an, and then you've got outreach where you send them an email and say, hey, I noticed you linked to uh, this article on on Invisalign, but the article you linked to is garbage. And here's my awesome article. So that, that's, that's, that's kind of the next level. So once you get a little bit of links going to that page, then that can be the real difference maker to break you into the top three. Do you recommend this kind of thing be be outsourced, Darren? 
I mean, I do because what dentist has time for that, right? I was just they're, thinking that they're, like they're going to kill themselves just trying to write that content. That's going to take them three weeks because they're trying to do it after their kids go to bed, and you know, you know, it's hard to find the time for that because most dentists have a busy practice. You know, the content I think that people that you know because that's what we love to do is talk about our craft, and so you know, the content's one thing. I think that'd be a lot easier, but prospect prospecting yeah. links and all that stuff, like it's almost like you have to learn how to do that and then do the act. And it's like, I think that's where dentists like throw their hands. I'm like, forget it. Like, I'm just going to like, that's where you got to find a good uh, outreach partner. And I, and I, I'm sorry to say that is one of the hardest things to find someone that's really good at prospecting and outreach on, on your behalf. It's very hard to find a, a business that does that well. You just, I would you're you're going to Google for link building businesses and, and search around. But I, I do think that there's huge value in that. Now, let me, let me, let me talk about something though. This okay. is interesting. So we're, we're now talking about all the classic SEO things you can do uh, to improve your rankings, right? But that all the work that you might do could have no impact whatsoever. And I'm going to give you the scenario where that could be the case. My recent research is showing that because Google is getting so good at localizing content, proximity is playing such a huge role. If I type in dentist right now, I get all the results that I get from sitting in my desk right here. Dentists. Well, let me see here. All Canadian dentists, aren't they? Well, of course they're Canadian, but it's not just that. I could walk to each one of these dentists. It's not like, okay, my city has a million people in it. it is a, it's a pretty big city, and there is no way Google will ever show me a result from somewhere like on the north end of the city or the south side of the city. Google is showing me results that are really close to me. I could actually walk to all of these. They're like 20 blocks away. And so this is where local search is really changing. Now, what I'm talking about here are the local pack results. You still have an opportunity to get into the local organic results. Like Dental Choice is a pretty big group. They got like five or six locations across my city and, and they're ranking number two. Dentists at Northgate, which is really far from me, they actually have the number one organic result. But the local pack is getting very localized. Google knows where I'm located and it only wants to show me results that are within like a mile or two from me. And the only time you see that that radius expanding is when you search for something where there's not a lot of inventory, a lot of not a lot of businesses. And so type in taxidermists, you're going to find that in Atlanta, there's probably only three or four taxidermists. And so you see a really big radius. But if you type in dentists or lawyers or plumbers, it's amazing. You see all the results that are really close to you. And so I'm doing a lot of research on this. I'll be publishing about it soon. But uh, it really does change local search. So all these things that we're talking about doing, it can be shocking to you because you're like, why is that guy ranking? Why would that that business rank? They have no reviews. They haven't claimed their listing yet. They have no citations. They have a terrible website, but they're ranking because they're so close to me. And so this is where local search is really taking a different direction now. And it's hard to it's hard to beat that. Google just, it doesn't really seem to care that much about, you know, how good your SEO is. It's just like proximity, proximity. is so important. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that is, that, that adds to the frustration of all of this is yeah, that absolutely, you yeah. all this work. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you're not located where someone's. So, but I will point out dentists at Northgate, their SEO is paying dividends because they actually are the number one organic listing right below. And I also think that Google's shooting themselves in the foot a little bit with this because when I'm looking for a dentist, I don't care if I can walk there. I just want the best dentist, right? So I'm not going to trust these top three results that much. I'm going to I'm going to do a little bit more research. Well, and you're going to start. You're going to go down just like you did into the organic, which right. which you right. know which comprises all the things we were kind of talking about 
you yeah. know, so that 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 work does does fill into that bucket and that silo, but you know, the proximity one might not. Yeah, man, you've given some you've given some awesome tips and awareness for for everyone. I hope it wasn't too high level. I think one of the takeaways for me was making sure that the the, the Google is you claim your business listing, and then just really, I think advice would be, and Darren, you correct me if, if I'm wrong on this, is really just kind of learn and be a, become aware. If you're not going to do this, just become aware of what an NAP is like we've kind of talked about you know what comprises local seo just so you're just so when you have these conversations with the person that you do decide to hire that you can have educated conversations they know they're just not you know pulling the wool over your eyes yeah absolutely it's good to have like the basics and even to go like a beginner's guide to seo i think moz has a pretty good article on that yeah so it'd be good to just sort of get your head around it you could read that in, in half an hour just get the sense of it and white, you know, I was I'm on your website, and you guys have a ton of cool tools. So, anyone out there, if you want to see, kind of check, even and some of these are you know free to try. I'm looking at there, and I guess all of them you have a free trial. Not everything, but yeah, most of them we've got a rank. Well, I'm looking at I'm looking at right now. I'm in the uh, local citation finder, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and that's got um, a free trial. So go to whitespark.ca and I'll put this in the show notes because there's some cool some cool things that you can kind of play around with, as well as the review handout generator. The review link generator, which that's huge too. I I struggled with that. You know, you mentioned how like it was hard to send people a Google review because it was like, where's that link? Right. And, you know, and I I had to go around this like mathematical thing, and I I copied and pasted my map listing and did this and said, hey, when you get there, do steps one, two, and three. But now you've kind of distilled it down and made it super easy. Just send. You can go go to go to whitespark.ca and go to the Google review link generator. And now you can start sending that out. That's awesome, man. You're adding, you're adding a lot of value to uh, the community. That's, that's cool. Well, that's I hope cool. so. And uh, yeah, if anyone has follow-up questions, you could uh, shoot me an email, Darren at whitespark.ca. I'm happy to, uh, to engage and help you out with any questions. Cool. All right. Lastly, lastly, I've got a speed round questions that I asked every, everybody. Are you cool with it? Yeah, fine. Okay. Favorite book? Favorite book is The Orenda. The Orenda. Is it a fiction Canadian, book? actually. It's, it's, uh, it's fiction, yeah. It's a novel about uh, missionaries coming to Canada and their encounters with the First Nations group. And it's told from three different perspectives. So like a First Nations chief, one of the missionaries, and a young First Nations girl from a, a different tribe who's been captured. And so the story is told from these three perspectives. And it's just... It's just gripping and engaging and couldn't put it down and just the story is phenomenal it it's like amazing how they all like feel like their perspective is so is so valid that was interesting that, that sounds like that's over my like 300 <laughs> 300 page limit darren i think it was like i don't know 390 you can do it oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right your favorite tool app or software that you use every day and again i said i asked this to everybody and let's say you can't use any white spark product okay is. i can't use white spark then that would be your favorite software obviously yeah then i'm gonna have to go with ahrefs it's a link tool that allows me to uh, analyze links of competitors and of of my own website uh, it's they've got a really great linking index yeah i like that ahrefs ahrefs yeah all right and then where do you this is a good question for for a non-dentist too even i, I always ask dentists where they see the future of dentistry going you know it, it kind of you know whether it's corporate being a corporate takeover we're seeing more of that or or do you think it'll re- re- stay kind of a cottage industry where do you as a consumer or and someone who works with dentists or did where do you see the future of dentistry 
Future of dentistry. Oh, man. I don't think I can answer. Oh, let's do this. How about where do you see the future of dental marketing? Dental marketing? Well, I do see a shift towards paid because Google is slowly monetizing things a lot. So, you know, a lot of your business that you used to drive through organic results or local pack results or organic results, you know, a lot of businesses might have to start looking at paid solutions and paid advertising on Facebook, for example, reviews. And I also think there's a huge gap in right now. A lot of businesses are only focused on uh, new patient acquisition. You know, their entire business model is focused on that. And it's not really focused on retention. And I see there being a big opportunity for more products that are focused on retention. We have one called the Reputation Builder, which allows you to outreach to your existing customers, collect feedback, encourage reviews. And all of that really helps you to understand what's working in your business and what's not and reaching out to your existing client base and making sure that they stay with you. I think that's a whole nother area of marketing that's not really being tapped right now. Man, I'm so glad you said that. I mean, because that is a huge problem in dentistry. You know, people will talk about, you know, honestly, we always joke and say that dentists will track just a couple of things. Like how many new patients did we get this month and, and what were the revenues, right? But when you kind of open the hood up a little bit, you see that your the back door was wide open and you've right. and the attrition you've lost. So there's been, it's been this treadmill and you may have gained a hundred patients, but a hundred patients might've gone inactive because you weren't paying attention to them. So you're on this like yeah. constant churn, right? And I, I'm so glad that you, even from even from a non-dentist perspective, you kind of touched on that because it really just even gives more credibility to that that principle that really we need to start paying attention to that even even more so than yeah, treat you know. all of your existing patients like kings and queens and and dote on them and that that will make sure that they stay and not only that the byproduct of that actually is more business because right. then you get more referrals and you get more reviews and you know it, it all just generates. There's a lot of value to be to put. In, to invest into your existing patient base than, than working so hard to get new ones. Wow. Cool. Man, I learned a lot tonight and I, and I don't want to keep you anymore. You, I know you're a busy man and running, running a big company and I thank you for giving the time and value to listeners. And um, yeah, buddy, I will talk to you later. Thanks for having me, Pete. It was nice chatting with you again. You too, Darren. Take care. Take care.